It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Uh, a week from today, we will be live on Radio Row in Las Vegas. Super Bowl week, we have incredible guests already lined up. Um, the one that is like set in stone at a time, uh, Kevin Blackstone is going to join us. Of course, longtime panelist on Around the Horn, Washington Post, also teaches at the University of Maryland. So we'll have Blackstone on the show. Um, but like NFL Network folks, ESPN folks, former players, um, writers, like, uh, I mean, friends of the show, Yates will be out there. Like, who knows? I, I actually think, Anthony, I might ask Clinton if he wants to do Never Read the Comments with me next Wednesday. Uh-oh. That could be dope. I feel like that would be wild. That could, it could be interesting. Two different <laughs> perspectives, you know. I feel like I'm going to cut that clip and send it to him. <laughs> All right. I might have words for you. If you get a text later, you know what you know what happened. Yeah. Uh, but right now, 5.30 on a Wednesday means it is time to read them comments, baby. We tried to warn them. They didn't listen. Every week, the Hoffman Show goes into the belly of the beast. We read those comments, baby. Never read the comments. All right, here we go. It is comment reading time. And I will say, Anthony, this is the place. Actually, I don't know. YouTube feels slightly less unhinged the last 24 hours than Twitter. Twitter feels like the ultimate cesspool of stupidity where the craziest of the crazies, the most unhinged. And I think it's in part because the algorithm, like people interact with the craziest stuff and then thus it recommends like, oh, you must want to read this. And so it just kind of fuels itself and feeds itself, which by the way is everything that's wrong with uh, social media websites. But uh, YouTube has had its fair share of, of the commander's fan base melting down as well a small sampling to get us started and anthony i picked this one first because i just think this is like the funniest kind of comment but there's also a lesson to be learned here uh mass collector 6949 says we have to pivot to it this is after the ben johnson news we have to pivot to an interim head coach or college first time nfl coach now because no one wants anyone left outside of mcdonald obviously mcdonald no longer available but it was at the time of the comment we have to go to an interim head coach or a college first-time NFL coach because no one wants anyone left. Yeah. It is we are still an audio medium, Anthony. You're you're while well, you are making very funny faces. Uh I'm scratching my head. Yeah, you are literally scratching your head. Uh because how do we get to this conclusion? I don't know. This is, see, to, to me, like the big actual lesson here, the thing is don't operate from a place of fear. When you get scared, you do stupid stuff. Like, say this on the internet. Um, luckily, I don't think the people running the Washington Commanders are scared. Luckily, I think that the people running the Commanders uh, are professionals who know what they're doing and just fine will continue on with their lives and hire a good football coach but like the idea that hey the top candidates 
even if this was the case, right? Let's say you went in with a list of one through five and your top three are gone. Let's say your top three were Johnson, McDonald, and uh, Raheem Morris. You just go to candidate four. You go to candidate five because you've said that these are the next best candidates. You don't be like, throw out the list! Go hire Kirby Smart. I mean, I, Kirby Smart's a heck of a football coach. Um, that's probably not the best example, but I don't know that Kirby Smart works in the NFL, by the way. I think college college guys that Kirby can yell at is kind of more of his his speed and, and the control factor in the NFL is a little bit different. Point is, you don't throw something out or you don't be like, hire someone for a year and we'll try again next year. No, you don't do that. You do the best you can with what you have and you make it work. Like that's the league. Next man up. Next guy on the list. And again, we don't know that the guys that are available weren't the top ones on their list. But every a lot of fans seem to. A lot of fans seem to have made that uh <laughs> that conclusion. Uh Barbie 5386 uh on Ben Johnson. If his really if his reason is really because he had quote unquote unfinished business with the Lions, he should have let that be known from the jump. He wasted our time, period. Um, I wanted to address this and there was plenty of other comments about this, uh, for the simple reason that I think people forget how time works because we in Washington have been waiting on this head coaching news since the season ended, right? So for us, it's been weeks, but the idea of unfinished business for Ben Johnson, like his business finished on Sunday by noon on Tuesday, he let the commanders know. Now, they had previously scheduled the interview, but the idea that he would take a day, by the way, Monday becomes locker clean-out day from the Lions, so he's in the facility saying goodbye to players and uh, maybe meeting with them, being like, hey, you know, I want to wish you the best next season, or hey, work on this. Like, they have exit meetings, a lot of them, uh, with and coordinators can be a part of those. And so... Monday, he's like wrapping up with the Lions and then he gets home Tuesday night or Monday night and he might be having second thoughts. He's like, you know what? I really, I really love it here. I really want to stay here. And I, all those guys I said goodbye to today, I'm not ready to say goodbye yet. And then he wakes up Tuesday. He talks with his agent in the morning. He's like, Hey, I slept on it and I actually don't want to do this. I, I want to stay. And by the time those conversations happen and they they get the text off to, to Josh Harrison company, they're already on the plane. And is it unfortunate? Yes. Is it the most professional? No. But just because the commanders have been waiting doesn't mean Ben Johnson, when he agreed to these interviews in the first place, didn't was doing it uh, with the idea that he would definitely go back to Detroit and he was just doing this for, for giggles. No, like he probably thought he was going to win a Super Bowl. He he believed in his team. And if he had won a Super Bowl or even made it to the Super Bowl, maybe he does something different. And thank God, you know, could you imagine if they drew this out uh, into next week and then he they lose the Super Bowl and then he's like, uh, actually, never mind. That would have really sucked. Like, but the the timeline for Ben Johnson actually makes, like to me, the most plausible explanation is... He lost. He decided he didn't want to go anywhere. He took a, a day to think about it, and he genuinely decided that's what it was. It wasn't the money. It wasn't any of these conspiracy theories. It's just 
the most straightforward answer, which is he took a day to think about it. He realized he didn't want to. And by the time he, you know, he and his agent got on the same page and finalized that, then it, it, the commanders were in the air. So unfortunate, but that's how it works sometimes. Not everybody operates on your timeline as as a head or as a as a franchise. Uh Brittany D, 9447, uh, we were talking about Dan Quinn as an option, and there were a lot. Uh, actually, I'm going to come back to her comment in a second. Uh, first, I'm going to go to Jim Krejcik, 5665. Uh, I've always been on the Mike McDonald train, but I do believe this hurts Ben a bit. The way he did it and told them no while they were on their way to have an interview that was scheduled a while ago was unprofessional. We brought up next time around. No one is going to commit to him 100%. They all want to have a backup plan in case he cancels on them. That takes away leverage from him big time. No, it doesn't. This is in response to our chat with Andrew Brandt yesterday, uh, who said as a former NFL executive that he doesn't think that this hurts him at all. Like this, this doesn't hurt Ben Johnson's future. And the reason is simple because if Ben Johnson commits and is like, I agree to become your head coach and they have a negotiation then he's going to be like, no, you meet my number or I don't, or, and that's how you negotiate. Or, and, and if they don't, then yeah, he backs out. And it really is about the money in that particular situation. But yes, uh, will other teams probably want to have a backup plan next year. Sure. Um, but that's always the case. You know, th did the Cardinals need a backup plan in case Jonathan Gannon backed out last year? Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's the league. Again, this doesn't operate on your timeline. But at the end of the day, like, if you're the team that he says yes to, you don't care what he did in the past. You care during the pursuit, maybe, but you pursue him. You tell him that you love him. You tell him that you want him, him to, to be your coach and either agrees or he doesn't. And that's the same as any other candidate. All right, now to the Dan Quinn talk. Uh, and I thought this was a funny sampling of the many, many takes on Dan Quinn. Uh, one of which I want to focus in on uh, specifically in terms of the critique. Uh, but these were three consecutive comments, Anthony. I swear to God, this is too stupid for me to make up. Three consecutive comments were uh, Butler Baby 32X, Dan Quinn, Mikey Bombers 2529, please know Dan Quinn, Lance Curtis 4884. If Dan Quinn is our coach, we're going to suck for the next 20 years. We will be rebuilding. Three straight comments. Please, Dan Quinn. No, Dan Quinn. If Dan Quinn comes, then we're going to be terrible for 20 years. People say fans say this. Fans are not a monolith. Fans have many different opinions. I do find the 20 years thing particularly hilarious because uh, if they still suck in 20 years, it is definitely not Dan Quinn's fault because Dan Quinn will have been fired a long, long time ago. Why do people do that? Why do people, Anthony, why do they insist on being so wrong out loud on the internet? Uh, yeah, I didn't know a head coaching hire, hire would set us back 20 years. I, I knew like sometimes, you know, if you draft a quarterback and they end up being a bust, that can set you back for, you know, some years. But not 20. But, <laughs> yeah, 20 is <laughs> absurd. <laughs> I mean, really, I know the Cardinals haven't been exceptional with Kyler Murray, but like they busted on Josh Rosen and drafted Kyler the next year. Yeah. You draft, you draft someone number two this year. That guy sucks. You just draft another one next year. Yeah. 
And if that's that's not really going to be Dan Quinn's fault, that's going to be Adam Peters' fault and Scouts' fault. So, yeah, I uh, I don't really get that one. Uh, Brittany, back to her comment, says. Uh, this is Brittany D ninety four forty seven. Always appreciate. Uh, she's a she's a frequent watcher and commenter. Appreciate it. But uh, we're talking about Quinn and and she says Ron also took a team to a Super Bowl and was a leader. No thanks. I can't get over how simple some people think about this stuff. It's like the most recent thing is the only thing. Like. There are so many other retread head coaches who had success, some success, and then got fired and then got their second gig and were massive successes. Why aren't you picking them? Like, yeah, there are retreads that it didn't work, but the retreads that it does work for, they do the work to figure out what went wrong the first time around. And, you know, Dan Quinn has done that work. Now, has he done it successfully? That we won't know. But I think that's an important difference, and I cannot stress this enough. Ron Rivera, I don't mean to beat up on Ron, but since people want to keep bringing him up, right? I don't, I'm not saying this to be mean. I'm just saying this to be factual, and you know that's the business sometimes. Ron didn't know his own problems. You can't fix something if you don't like. It's the old you can't you can't fix the problem. The first step is admitting it. Ron didn't, it's not about even admitting, like there were some times where he's like, oh, I could have done that better. But think about his interview with Kine, right? He made, he talked about all these things he would have done better and none of them were the actual reasons why he was bad. He's so not self-aware on this stuff that he doesn't have the ability to fix problems because he can't identify them in the first place. Dan Quinn didn't try to self-identify problems. He called people and was like, what did I do wrong? How do I do better next time? He did the work. And so that difference right there is enough to differentiate him for me from Ron Rivera. And perhaps that puts him in a category with the guy he worked for in Seattle, Pete Carroll, who failed in the early 90s as a head coach uh, and actually was a 33 and 31 coach. He was a, an above 500 coach, as Dan Quinn was in Atlanta. And then was incredible after a long run in college of course a very successful uh you know team of the decade kind of thing at usc um but ultimately goes to seattle and and has this incredible second act as an nfl head coach bill belichick in cleveland not very good um tony dungy wasn't good enough in tampa they fire him john gruden goes and wins a super bowl dungy eventually goes to indy and does the same thing like the list is long so why are you picking the one guy who was just here? And by the way, the setup will be completely different. Dan Quinn is not going to have the power that he had in Atlanta, Ron, uh, or the power that Ron had here. Nevertheless, deal with all the off the field stuff. It's just different. So stop. Like he's not Ron Rivera 2.0. I'm not telling you that 100% means that he's going to be successful, but they're not the same people. They're not the same coach, even if some points on the resume are the same. Never read the comments here on the Hoffman Show. You can leave your comments at Craig Hoffman or at the Team 980. Uh, we got some from the Team 980 uh, 
all these a lot of these videos the on-demand uh content if you miss any part of the show go on youtube at the team 980 and at uh craig hoffman on youtube and of course the hoffman show podcast on demand audio anytime anywhere mr swervon says the biggest problem with dan quinn's defenses is they are small and get ran on works well when you're up on people and you can play fast and get to the quarterback but as we've seen in atlanta and dallas it's the same flaw this is a flaw this is a substantive critique of dan quinn and it's one that i'm definitely interested in to see if he takes a look at the kind of butt whooping that he got at the hands of matt lafleur and and his last game with the cowboys if indeed that is his last game last game with the cowboys and he goes, I think we can do something different. And by the way, he would be inheriting Duran and John. I would tend to think that he would build it a little bit differently. Now, maybe over time he works towards that. But, you know, at least in year one, he'd have Duran Payne, John Allen, and Jamin Davis. Big physical linebacker, not Deion Jones converted safety. He did have Bobby Wagner once upon a time. Can play he and, and I think that's the thing that's also underrated about Quinn is he's played different styles over the years. That cover three Seattle scheme was one of the best defenses ever, and he completely plays it differently now in in Dallas. So what would he do? It would it would change with offenses. He clearly thinks about this stuff enough to adapt and evolve, and not just try to do the same old thing year over year over year, and he's gotten the most out of a lot of personnel. Now, who the personnel is and how they want to build it, maybe that's a little different. And maybe that's something Peters influences. And he's like, look, we found in San Francisco and Denver and New England, being physical football players is what wins. And if he has that imparted to him and is like, we're going to be a bigger physical team, Hey, Dan, can you build a scheme around that? Hell yeah. I've been waiting for an opportunity like this. This is how I want to play. I mean, shoot, last year, remember when Tim Kalashaw was on with us? He said that, you know, they were sold that Mozzie Smith would be this big physical defensive tackle. And uh, it turns out he wasn't nearly as big as they thought he was. So maybe they were trying that last year and the scouts failed Dan Quinn. I don't know. Uh, I think it would be a pretty fascinating thing to follow here in D.C. if DQ gets the job. Uh, Eddie Jimenez, 3283, left this comment on one of our videos at the Team 980. Was Adam Peters too thorough? Did he wait too long to snatch up a coach, or was it ultimately our current roster? One thing that wasn't talked about as much in courting these candidates was our current roster. There's plenty of draw with new ownership, GM, cap space, and draft position, but maybe this was a team that these coaches didn't want to have to completely overhaul. Seattle was the fifth youngest team last year while Washington was around middle of the pack. I'm really hoping for the best. Thanks for reading. Love the show. Uh, thank you, Eddie, for the kind words. Um, I think it's a great question. And I also wonder if it was a bad fit for the cycle. Because I think if you're an offensive head coach, you are more excited about the number two pick and the possibility of rebuilding and some of the talent that is here. Jahan, Terry... B-Rob, etc. Or defensively, if you are Mike McDonald and you're comparing Devin Witherspoon and Reek Woolen and the guys in Seattle to here, you're probably a little less psyched. You're much more 
Uh, oh, well, um, uh, uh, I'm going to have to rebuild this thing from scratch as a defensive head coach. So considering the, the top candidates in this cycle were pretty much all defensive guys, especially once Johnson took his name out of it, I wonder if this job became less appealing to those candidates. But then again, um, you know, they're still going to get a good candidate and we just don't know who it is yet. So there's that. But I, I don't think it's, I don't think there's such thing as being too thorough. You could drag your feet. You can make a mistake, but they, they wanted to interview the candidates that were playing championship weekend and coming out of the zoom interviews, that still felt like a good idea. Um, and the only guy they really miss out on, I think from a timing standpoint, is Raheem Morris. I wonder what happened with Mike McDonald, but McDonald might have just picked a different, uh, uh, picked Seattle over Washington. He might have ultimately had offers for both or told Washington, like, hey, Seattle's going to offer me, you know, you're going to have to, if you want to, if you want to make an offer, like now's your time. And Washington was like, no, hey, we, we appreciate you, but we're good. And it might have been, that McDonald was more interested in Seattle because of the roster. I think that's a, that's a fair question. All right, last but not least, uh, Anthony, we always try to end with a fun one. And uh, we had Cordell Woodland on before the AFC title game. And Space Jammer 1991, who's a Ravens fan, didn't really like Cordell's analysis of the title game coming down to whether or not the Chiefs uh, or the Ravens could stop the Chiefs running game. He said, LOL, 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 uh, Ravens can't stop the run. Remind me how many yards the Texans had last week. What is the defense's red zone percentage this year? We can stop the run whenever we want to. There are way more worried, or they are way more worried about someone throwing down the field than running through our defense. I thought it's pretty cool, Anthony, that an actual Baltimore Ravens player commented on one of our videos. Yeah. That's that good. we that we and ours is strong there. Yeah, he 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 definitely was uh, a little offended. Not a little, a lot. Uh, I thought it was funny because Cordell talked about how good the defense was in mm -hmm. the analysis. Cordell actually uh, found the video on YouTube and responded to this guy's comment. Oh wow, uh, which was which was <laughs> great. And he's like, you know, you kind of need to listen better. Um, and by the way, um, the Kansas City Chiefs rushed for eighty nine yards. Which wasn't a great per carry average, uh, but they they did pick up key first downs on the ground, mm -hmm. including to seal the game. Whoops! Ravens fans are special, man. I don't. What do I want to say about Ravens? I don't really have anything positive to say about them. Same. They're spoiled I, to an extent. They are spoiled. They, to they're an spoiled. Extent. Uh, so there's that all right that is never read the comments uh here on the hoffman show leave yours at the team 980 at craig hoffman make sure you're subscribed on both places uh on youtube uh sometimes by the way breaking news we go live on youtube when we are not on the radio so make sure you're subscribed to get that alert uh for instance if the commanders hire a head coach at a time that is not between four and seven in the afternoon when we get back stacy roast joins us from seattle talk about the coaching search and this coaching cycle from their side of things stacy next on the hoffman show